Welcome to episode 106 of The Climate Champions. Check out past episodes on theclimatechampions.com. I'm Lee Crevat, host of The Climate Champions. If you or someone you know is a climate champion, please let me know at crevatenergyinnovations.com. And if you want to learn a little bit more about me, I was recently interviewed by Alex at OurVoicesPodcast.com. Check it out. Temperatures are rising, forest fires are more frequent, and storms are more extreme. And what's more, it's our fault. I'm Alex Melia, host of Our Voices. We've just brought out an eight-episode season on climate change, specifically on the experts and activists trying to protect our planet. We'll hear their personal stories and see the world through their eyes. New episodes of Our Voices on climate change are out every Tuesday. Available everywhere you listen to podcasts. This week, my featured guest is Gheel Linthorst, Executive Director at Partnership for Carbon Accounting Financials, PCAF, and Director of Sustainable Finance at GuideHouse. PCAF is the first global initiative ever created by the financial sector that enables financial institutions to measure and disclose the greenhouse gas emissions financed by their loans and investments. This podcast is being brought to you in part by the Department of Energy's Advanced Grid Research Group, whose purpose is to accelerate innovation in electric transmission and distribution technologies and create next-generation devices, software, and tools to help modernize the electric grid. Welcome to The Climate Champions. I'm Lee Krivat. I'm here with Gheel Linthorst, Executive Director at Partnership for Carbon Accounting Financials, PCAF, and Director of Sustainable Finance at GuideHouse. Gheel, welcome to The Climate Champions. Thank you, Lee. Happy to be here. Yeah, with regards to climate change, can you talk about your motivating moment? What engaged you to be a fighter for climate change mitigation? Yeah, actually, there were two uh, moments in time uh, when I realized that this is uh, really my thing and at the heart of, of my motivation. And one, uh, one was when I was studying uh, applied physics. I did an internship at a big uh, chemical company. And they asked me to explore, so that's uh, 25 years ago, they asked me to explore uh, renewable energy options for their uh, plants, for their factories. And actually, that was a desk uh, research I did at that time, but that really opened my eyes. There were so many type of technologies there that uh, were evolving and were still in their early stages, but uh, a really large set of uh, emerging technologies and also when I looked at the applications of those technologies and also uh, the speed of implementation that uh, needed to occur, according to, to well, scientific insights at that time already, it was uh, really impressive to, to see uh, this uh, potential. So uh, that was really something uh, that uh, struck me and, and I felt, well, this is uh, something that is related to business development, innovation, stuff that I, that I like. Another thing, uh, I was at that time also um, looking for, uh, for well, voluntary work. And I started to uh, be also involved in an NGO that was uh, developing solar energy systems in rural areas. And I was, um, uh, well, first of all, I helped a bit out. 
but uh, then I was also asked to uh, become the chairman of that uh, small NGO. I did uh, run that NGO uh, with the team for a couple of years. I was actually also involved in many uh, solar projects on site to implement them. So I went to uh, really rural areas in Indonesia, really beautiful islands that were, uh, didn't have any connections to electricity, didn't have any uh, well, running water. Uh, so we installed a solar system with a water supply, with uh, solar pumping up water, providing electricity for a pumping system to pump up water, uh, supplying that uh, water to uh, the small village. And actually that was also uh, life-changing to see what uh, electricity supply can do for uh, homes to have, uh, well, better access to water, better hygiene, better quality of life. And uh, yeah, so I thought, well, this is really what I want to do. I want to help the world uh, with uh, the, the change and also be innovative from a business uh, development point of view. And I decided to pick this up in a consultancy environment because uh, I felt that consultancy can help with a lot of uh, clients, serving a lot of clients in uh, different uh, projects to help speed up uh, this uh, transition. So that's uh, what took me to consultancy and in the end to Guidehouse. The relationship with PCAF is that Guidehouse is staffing uh, the PCAF secretariat. So we were contracted by uh, the PCAF initiative to staff the secretariat. And in that sense, um, I'm the head executive director of this uh, new initiative that, uh, that was created. Can you talk about your personal drivers? What gets you up in the morning to fight the good fight for climate change mitigation? That is really uh, the urgency, I think. Uh, we experience a lot of change in our uh, weather patterns, floods, drought. We see a lot of devastation around uh, the world uh, due to climate change. And uh, but also a, lo a lot of loss of biodiversity. And I think that even uh, strikes me more that we, due to climate change, we see also that we lost uh, coral reefs that we, we see forest uh, fires, a lot of loss of biodiversity related to climate change. And I think that impact uh, hits me most where I want to, uh, well, stay up and, and try to protect uh, that for future generations. And yeah, of course, also for my kids to still enjoy the beauty of uh, our planet. When you meet people that don't understand the science or don't believe in the data, regarding climate change, how do you convince them otherwise? The most convincing parts are the, the parts that we actually experience. Uh, so every person has, has some experience with climate change. They might not connect it to it. And you cannot frame it as climate change. You, you can just say uh, it's, it's a changing weather patterns that affect us, and we should prevent ourselves for that. And um, the same... Uh, is with, of course, uh, pollution. Uh, we see a lot of health problems due to pollution of cars, of factories that are uh, close to urban uh, environments, leading to a lot of health issues. So I think there are multiple other reasons to transition, combined with, of course, the clear evidence now for multiple years that this climate change is human-made, you could say. 
it's caused by our human activities. I think I would argue bringing up several reasons why we need to speed up the transition. I think most of the reasons that affect people are uh, those that uh, have been affecting them and their lives uh, on a daily basis. Can you talk about what PCAF is and what you do to help mitigate climate change? Yeah, so in uh, in my consultancy uh, life, I've, I've worked for many sectors and many actors. So I, I did uh, a lot of projects for governments, for companies, and uh, after a while, I moved to the financial sector. And especially after the Paris Agreement, after 2015, the financial institutions uh, are really picking up speed on the climate change topic. There's huge momentum under financial institutions, investors, pension funds, banks that currently see also um, that there is a risk, that there is a risk in their portfolio with their investments, that they want to contribute and that they play also a key role in financing uh, the transition because our current economy is financed. So we should also finance uh, the new economy. That is, I think, getting more clear and clear for financial institutions. But in order for financial institutions to understand uh, what their own climate impact is related to their uh, portfolio, to their loan investment, you could say, they they need to measure. Without measurement, uh, you cannot steer. So um, that's what PCAF is. PCAF started here after the Paris Agreement. Actually, financial institutions in the Netherlands launched the PCAF while traveling in the train to Paris to ask policymakers to step up on their ambition level. But on the other hand, uh, they also pledged that they would contribute to uh, the Paris Agreement by measuring and and setting targets. PICAF was formed and focused uh, mainly on the measurement. So PCAF moved from the Netherlands to uh, North America in 2018 and in 2019, a group of financial institutions decided we have to globalize uh, this initiative. We have to harmonize the way financial institutions measure and report on the emissions related to their loans investment globally. They started this global initiative and uh, we as Guidehouse support that initiative through the secretariat. And uh, the initiative was uh, really successful in bringing a global standard to life uh, within a period of uh, about a year after the global launch, the initiative developed the global standard, the global greenhouse gas accounting and reporting standard for the financial industry, which is uh, now also integrated into uh, the task force on climate-related financial disclosure, the TCFD, which is a important task force under the Financial Stability Board. So this standard that was created uh, within a short period of time has now really uh, picked up globally, which is uh, very impressive and and a great achievement by the whole uh, group of financial institutions supported by us. Has the pandemic impacted PCAF at all? Yeah, in some form it did. It did and in, in others it didn't. Of course, we as a global initiative, PCAF as a global initiative, already worked a lot and engaged with financial institutions online. 
virtual meetings when, when financial institutions are interested to join PCAF, we all do uh, virtual uh, calls with them. And also onboarding of financial institution is virtual. But we, we noticed that in many countries that were heavily affected by COVID that, of course, uh, this is currently not on their agenda. And joining PCAF was not a top priority at that time, while uh, employees who were uh, affected or families of employees were affected by the coronavirus. So we noticed uh, a bit of uh, a delay in the uptake of, of, well, new members, you could say new uh, participating, new signatories to PCAF. But on the other hand, you see also that more and more financial institutions understand that Next to COVID, climate change is the key topic. Also, with Corona uh, still there, emissions uh, were still at a high level. Climate change didn't go away. Next to Corona, we had multiple uh, global uh, heavy weather events that still also uh, make people aware of climate change and, and the impact it has on the financial system. And a group within PCAF that was already very active continued with the work that was laid out for uh, 2020 and 2021. So actually the most of the work continued. So in that sense, we were only affected by a slight delay in uh, new signatories to PCAF, but that's actually uh, well being picked up heavily in the last months. So we, uh, we are now at 170 uh, financial institutions that signed up to PCAF globally. And probably around the end of the year, we are around 200. So uh, we're getting uh, new signatories every day. So in that sense, uh, we feel that uh, we are catching up that delay that we had uh, during the heavy COVID period. We are now really catching that up with uh, with a lot of new signatories that join uh, PCAF. And that understand that, that when you want to embark on a journey for steering on emissions, that you need to measure emissions. Yeah, so many financial institutions understand that now and then reach out for, for questions and, and want to join the PCAF as an open source, uh, free to join collaboration. I know you talked a little bit about it already, but can you fill in the blanks on your prior background? Yeah, no, happy to do. Yeah, I studied applied physics with business administration as I, uh, I personally like the combination of technology, innovation, uh, new business. And especially that part uh, is also uh, reflected into uh, PCAF. Well, of course, as I mentioned, I worked with several actors in, in the, uh, the economy to work on climate change. But in the end, I, I see that the financial institutions are really, uh, really key and also have a lot of possibilities to finance the transition and also their innovation is needed. So I'm also looking forward to help financial institutions to, um, to work on new innovative products to finance uh, the transition. Because you see, after measurement and setting targets, uh, financial institutions need to uh, act on those targets and need to uh, indeed also, through measurement, keep track of their targets. But the important part is still to come. They have to take action, and that's where also my background with a combination of, well, engineering background with business innovation 
strategic business development uh, really uh, comes together. Can you talk about setbacks that you had along the way? Setbacks, I think there were there were uh, multiple challenges, you could say, uh, with PCAF. Uh, I think, of course, with, uh, with globalizing uh, the organization, with getting large financial institutions uh, on board. That's, of course, a more complex organization. So we had to speak to multiple stakeholders to get large financial institutions being part of PCAF. Also, um, I think uh, the overall funding, finding the right uh, funding uh, for, for PCAF and, and continuing on fundraising for PCAF, those are some type of challenges we have. I wouldn't call them uh, really setbacks because I think uh, most of the challenges were overcome. Uh, but yeah, of course, we faced some challenges uh, along the way. How about successes? What successes are you most proud of? Yeah, in my personal career, I think that's uh, linked to the science-based targets uh, work uh, done uh, by Guidehouse. We developed the sectoral decarbonization approach, which is a uh, leading methodology for setting targets, which is also a leading methodology for setting targets for financial institutions. So uh, we we developed that method with uh, leading uh, NGOs, uh, World Resources Institute, WWF, CDP and the UN Global Compact, uh, who form uh, the Science-Based Targets Initiative. That's, I think, was was a key success in my uh, personal career. And with PCAF, I think developing uh, this first version of the standard at the global level and getting approval from the greenhouse gas protocol on that standard, and now with the standard being adopted into the TCFD recommendations for financial institutions globally to report on their emissions using the PCAF standard. Yeah, those are really key achievements in my my career so far. Yeah, of course, I look out to celebrating 250th financial institutions being part of, of PCAF. That's, that's one of the main goals we have to reach 250 financial institutions next year. So we're well on the way to to reach that, but that would also be a great achievement to celebrate uh, next year. Yeah, it seems like you're, you've are you almost got it, like you're well on your way. That's exciting. Thing there, yeah. Yeah. Can you talk about your vision for the future? Do you see the world being fine in 20, 30, 40 years, or, or do you think there are going to be some significant problems? I think it's a massive uh, transition we have to face. It's, it's huge if you look at the climate science and, and the pathways that we need to follow to stick to uh, a temperature increase of 1.5 degrees Celsius. And we're all already uh, on 1.2 on average. So uh, 1.5 is very close. So we, we have very limited time for this huge transition. So the challenge is, is really massive and and uh, I'm dedicated to contribute uh, to that and hope others will, but uh, we of course depend heavily on uh, global policies and policy makers and, and governments to step up. To my opinion, we should stick to 1.5 degree uh, temperature rise because uh, a two degree temperature rise and, and the current policies are, are already heading to a very higher like three degrees temperature rise would massively impact uh, our our lives. So um, yeah, I uh, 
dedicated to uh, to contribute to keeping it uh, at a 1.5 degrees uh, temperature that requires uh, huge policies. On the other hand, I'm also convinced that looking at the corona, well, corona policies being set up in such a short time with massive implications on our uh, on on businesses and on our daily lives that is also encouraging to see how quick we can set up policies that can be very effective so i hope that also policymakers can learn from uh, those measures taken to prevent the spread of of the coronavirus and spreading uh, more emissions you could say I don't want to disagree with you too hard here, but I have a hard time imagining we could stay under two degrees even just based on our trajectory and how wishy-washy so many large governments are that are contributing to climate change. And I will also mention the pandemic. And even though there were policies put in place, there were so many people, such high percentages of many populations in many countries that pushed against those policies and wouldn't help with the situation what do you think am i overly pessimistic uh, i'm uh, <laughs> i'm all always on the positive side but uh, i see the huge challenge this weekend i traveled to paris with my my family for a long weekend and when i walk in these huge cities with massive old buildings i'm also uh, thinking well how can we transition these type of cities to net zero, uh, to no emissions, because those emissions are mainly from energy consumption. So how can we transform these type of cities into net zero? That's really a massive transition. But what I see also happening is that uh, multiple companies are stepping up. Uh, If you look at all big automotive manufacturers, they have huge ambition to move to electric mobility and, and uh, get rid of uh, the combustion engine uh, on a very short time frame. So if they start building new cars and, and also competitors like Tesla gain market share, bringing electric cars to the market, then I think the transition has started. We see also that, that utilities uh, are stepping out. Some technologies uh, have higher costs already. So I think also the cost of technology should play in uh, here because we see solar and wind, for instance, uh, being uh, more cost effective in some places already. So, um, yeah, I'm still on the uh, optimistic side, but I get your point that it's it's huge. The challenge is really huge. And um, yeah, we need to face it all together. It's it's a multi-actors game, you could say. We need to all... uh, put forward our best efforts. Well, I am glad that you are optimistic because it's getting harder for me to be. Do you have advice for people about how they personally can help? Yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, in the financial sector, you could already think about what um, bank account do I have? Where do I uh, put my savings? And what what does that bank do with my savings? And uh, well, if you have a pension fund, what is the pension fund doing and and uh, am I what am I asking my pension fund to do? What, in which funds does my pension uh, invest in? Yeah, you could ask these type of questions uh, and uh, that could trigger 
already a change in your thinking about your savings and your pension related to the financial sector. Of course, there's there's multiple other choices that you can make in the stuff that you purchase or the way that you travel or or the car car that you have or or whatever. But I think related to the financial sector, which, which I'm currently heavily supporting, I think these questions on what is my bank account what bank do I have? And is, is this bank also moving out to become a green bank, helping uh, the world to mitigate the climate change? How would somebody find out more about where their bank or financial institution is? Yeah, there are multiple benchmarks out there that benchmarks the, the performance of banks against other banks. So um, that would be my advice to, uh, to look at. Of course, when it comes down to a pension fund, you could ask uh, that uh, question to um, if you are, if you have a pension through your company, then uh, you could ask your HR uh, department to uh, get you information on where your pension is invested, and if if we if they shouldn't add a sustainability fund or or a, a fund that is in line with uh, climate change uh, 1.5 degree strategy. So I think asking these type of questions through your HR or if you have a directly investment into pension schemes, that could also uh, be questions that you ask to uh, your financial service provider or directly to your uh, pension provider. It was exciting to me to see on Google Flights that it not only showed the price, but it showed the carbon impact mm. and the differential from the best carbon carbon impact. Ah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's new to me as well. That's that's exciting to hear. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, you could already offset your <laughs> flight, but uh, I think um, that's that's the issue also that people can easily buy their way out. You could say by buying offsets, and uh, that's uh, a tricky thing because. There's a lot of uh, different qualities of offsets out there. And the impact of offsets uh, is also debated. So I'm personally more of a fan to look at, well, the the real emissions and if the the technology that they have leads to lower emissions. Uh, There are already some experiments and even planes flying on uh, green fuels, you could say, that mix it in. Yeah, so, and that would actually lead to lower emissions than uh, using uh, offsets to um, offset your uh, flight emissions. Do you have any questions for me? I really like a podcast and I would really also like to hear if your audience has been asking a lot of questions about climate change and what they have been asking uh, for. I do get a lot of interest in what are banks and financial institutions doing and are they supporting climate change mitigation or are they not caring at all and a lot of frustration from people that they don't really easily know what to invest in to help yeah Yeah. good questions i don't know how easily it is uh, to switch bank normally it's not uh, that easy that's also an issue in some uh, some countries it's it's, uh, really hard to it can be country specific to switch uh, bank you could say and uh, switch also pension provider because it could also be uh, linked to your company uh, policies. Or investments. A lot of people have mutual funds and the mutual funds decide what to invest in. So it's difficult to change mutual funds when you're heavily invested in them. 
for tax reasons. Yeah, yeah. No, indeed, indeed. That's indeed uh, clear. Of course, uh, these funds have to also balance uh, risk and return, and then they often follow global uh, benchmarks. And then uh, it's it's hard to really add or differentiate with the green. But there are already multiple really green funds out there. And uh, I think when there is more and more demand from, well, companies, but also individuals to invest in those, it's probably also more easy to to add them and switch to them. And, and also, I think there's more and more knowledge out there that they don't have high risks or, or they have even lower risk and higher return. And I think also that's something that now you see more and more investors they understand that, that these uh, these new funds don't lead to high risks because of course uh, new stuff can of course be uh, sometimes risky and that's uh, that i think why it's also what we've learned over the last years that uh, investing in sustainable businesses is not a risk but is 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 even uh, getting uh, more returns it's a risk mitigator it's a risk mitigator yeah with the high returns which is uh, even uh, more attractive to invest in. Is there anything else you want to say? Yeah, related to, to PCAF, uh, please watch out for uh, our exciting stuff published uh, during uh, the climate conference on the 10th of November and the 11th of November. An extension of uh, the standard, additional asset classes uh, for financial institutions to measure emissions, uh, which uh, cover sovereign bonds, green bonds and also emission removals and the emission removals is also i think a very important one because we need to uh, make financial institutions aware that limiting climate change to 1.5 degree uh, temperature rise requires on the one hand uh, deep decarbonization and we need to decarbonize our economy very rapidly but we need to also invest in uh, new emission negative emissions uh, technologies that's also something uh, is needed uh, by the financial sector. Uh, and if they do so, they need to measure and need to also show the positive contribution they are making. So please watch out for upcoming events from PCAF, uh, join them and um, hear more on uh, those new methods for public consultation. I'm very excited to hear about it. And with that, I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to wrap it up with a wrap. You wanted to get involved in solar, so you became a volunteer. You did islands in Indonesia and became the NGO chair. You went into consulting to have a lot of triumphs because when you do, you work with a lot of clients. This is a big problem. We have to do it together. We have urgent problems with biodiversity and the changing weather. When you meet people and you want to change their position, You say, hey, there's lots of reasons for the transition. Financial institutions have to step up. They have to get into a higher gear. You measure them because without measurement, you can't steer. You already leveraged virtual onboarding. You already had it online. But the importance of focusing on PCAF because of the pandemic did decline. You need a lot of funding for your solutions. Luckily, you're starting to get large financial institutions. We're already at 1.2. We can't be passive if we're gonna avoid 1.5. Hey, the problem, it's massive. 
You should check out your pension fund. You should check out your bank. And with regards to climate mitigation, you should see where they rank. Thank you very much. I appreciate your zeal. Everything you said, it seemed very real. I can tell you have passion. And for this, you really feel. Thank you so much. Heal. <laughs> oh, great, Lee. That was amazing. <laughs>Please subscribe, rate it five stars if you're an Apple user, and tell your climate concerned friends about it. For an up-to-date PCAT status, I checked out the website carbonaccountingfinancials.com and clicked on the Financial Institutions Taking Action tab. As of early January 2022, PCAF has 188 institutions, totaling a whopping $56.8 trillion in assets that are being tracked and reporting progress on how these financial institutions are helping to mitigate climate change.